Hey guys, welcome back to Messy Truths, the podcast. We are back for episode 35, I believe. And this is Mar. I'm recording direct from Montreal. Yo, yo, yo. This is your middle child, Nish from Kanagahage. And I'm going to pass it down south to our birthday sister. Woo! Yes, yes. Well, it's not my birthday yet. It's next week, not but next we're week. getting there. We're getting there. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've lost track of the number of shows more. Is that what I'm hearing? Uh, episode oh. 35? I think, 36? I think it's 35. I think it's 35, too. We, we need to commemorate our one-year anniversary at some point. Do we even know when we started? We got to figure that uh, out. Uh, yeah, um, so... Yeah, <laughs> wait. <laughs> Wait, before we get into our topic, before we get into our topic, I just want to address because, you know, we we talked about the Buffalo shooting briefly last Mm, week. Yeah. Now we have another school shooting. Yeah. And, yo, America's out of control, bro. I don't care what anybody says. At the end of the day, the common denominator in all of these mass tragedies are fucking guns, bro guns these people wouldn't be able to do what they do if they did not have access to guns point blank period so and properly addressing mental health right yeah i'm saying you know do it all but at the same time maybe we should just limit the access of guns while we're addressing mental health no like yeah yeah i um i i always find it fascinating you know some of these uh southern u.s states that you know we're all about they're all about banning books which is near and dear to my heart we're all about banning you know abortion after a certain number of weeks we're all about banning uh curriculum in schools uh related to how we teach history and race but let the guns flow no big deal let's not ban a gun god forbid no no no, well, let's, let's know, not it, address it's... mental health or any of these other issues. You know, things that could probably be addressed if you read a book, you know. Right. Yeah. But yeah. all that to say is that, no, but I'm a teacher. Nobody sends their kids to school and coming out in the hospital or body bags. So to those yeah. parents, our hearts go out, um, you know, especially and just to elementary. anybody, really. Yeah. yeah, parents and, you know, the families of those teachers who were mm-hmm. killed in the process. Oh my just God. human I life mean, in general is is just, it's really sad. Extremely yeah. sad. I feel like we go through these cycles where, I think it was a few years ago where the guy was sh- shot up the movie theater and then there was another um, mall shooting. And then yeah. at that time we were like, we're, we're not safe. We're not safe in a movie theater. We're not safe in a mall. And then we do this all over again. It's like a cycle. And then we kind of get calm and settle down and we're like, okay, life is okay again. And then boom, here we go again. I mean, I had such a hard time this morning sending my kids to school. Yeah. Not, not yeah. you know, not for nothing. Yeah, yeah like, of course. But the, the thing yeah. is, what we don't realize is that these school shootings actually happen more often than we realize. They're just not reported. Yeah. So you got, I mean... And then their manifestos and their access. And let's not even get into the interesting characterization of these shooters, how they characterize them versus if they were racialized, right? So, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, you know, I, I, I feel you as a parent, Oz, and as a teacher, I'm just like, I thought about this when we had our own version of a school shooting at Dawson in yeah. uh, 2006 in Dawson Montreal. College, and I yeah. was like, I didn't sign up 
to be a teacher to die for my kids. Like, yo, I love y'all. Don't get it twisted. But if we go into lockdown and you outside, you better hide because I ain't letting you in. Period. <laughs> yeah. All right. So anyway, I know that's not our topic today, but I just wanted to talk about it because it, it's too it's much, important. guys. It's too much. Wow. All right. Yeah. Speaking of too much, <laughs> as I'm on medical leave, I have, I mean, I think most folks know I teach religion and I'm always very fascinated in people's religious experiences. Normally when I'm on medical leave, I find one show that I obsess with and I won't name the show because it could get me canceled. But <laughs> this month, my obsessions have you been watching. You gotta name the show. No, I can't. I'm not getting in trouble. Why not? I just just know that I really love Claire Huxtable. That's all. Oh, um, that's nothing. That's yeah, nothing. I really I love this show. I watch it on repeat when I usually it's like old school charm or that show. Some show that I watch that I or two two seven. You you like the shows from the eighties. There's nothing yeah. wrong with that. But even recently, though he's creepy, creepy doctor. Uh, yeah, I know. Also, let's not get in the fact that I'm always trying to ignore Quebec politics. And yesterday, the passing of Bill 96, which anybody from Quebec understands, that's oh, just some uh, language anyway. imprisonment. But my obsession for a long time, because I teach religion, is cults. And I just want to start off by saying cult, the word gets a bad rap. The actual definition of a cult is when it's a group of people that's smaller than a million. So in Canada, for example, if a religion is a true religion, if it has a million believers, anything below that number is a cult. Hmm. And but really, yeah. But now cult has taken on a whole new definition. And it's like when a small group of people have admiration for a charismatic, charismatic leader. But let's not get it twisted, folks. Anything can become a cult, right? Exercising too much, uh, dedicating yourself, like obsessively giving things up for things. This can all turn into a cult. Listening to the Messy Truths podcast. That can be a cult. To all of our, our truth seekers out there. So I've been watching, I watch a lot of shows about cults because I'm fascinated to say, like, what happens? Like, where do we go from we are the world, we love people to shit, mm -hmm. shit. So I have some top 10 cults that I've been watching on the regular. Top some, 10 cults. <laughs> yeah, some I didn't even know about. So what do y'all think about cults? I don't really think they're bad. It's the cult that gives the bad name, right? Like, okay, so I want to, I have a confession. There was a spin instructor. I think I told you guys about her. When I first got like introduced to spin and it wasn't my thing. And now I'm a Peloton, you know, avid Peloton user. But cult? See, that might be a cult. That right there might be a cult. <laughs> but I was going to say there was a spin instructor that I used to. I used to go to this um, gym called Equinox. Really nice gym. Um, and... There was a spin instructor and I used to go before I would go to work. And when I tell you, when I got on that bike and she spoke to me, she not only gave me direction on that bike, she gave me direction in life, guys. I'm not lying. I would sit there. I would laugh with her. I would cry with her. I would go to work 
refreshed, fueled, full of energy. And I remember thinking, if this woman started a religion, I would convert. I would convert (laughs) because she spoke to my soul in a different way. When I tell you, I would literally sit there, tears streaming down my face as I'm pedaling and sweating so hard on this bike. But I felt something inside of me from this one spin That's okay. Because cults cults have other words. That's what I'm saying. We hear cult, we think of all these other crazy things. But other words for cults are click, ritual, sex. So what's the difference? Like you, the three of us could be a cult worshiping each other. Like you understand? So yeah. And so Mm -hmm. Mar, just to follow that up, it not only does a cult become a religion when it's recognized for its followers, but also when it has a recognized recognition from the state or the province that it's in. Mm. That's what, that's why I think the word cult gets a bad rap, but I actually Mm. really like following cults or not following them or researching them because I'm always interested on where does it go wrong? Mm -hmm. Right. They all start out. There's a turning point, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. And the little nerd in me gets like, ooh. excited about the psychology of it all. Yeah, and these ones aren't good, though. Um, some months back, I, I, I like to tape movies, documentaries, all kinds of stuff, and check them out when I have the time. Um, and there was a movie that I watched that was based on a group from Philadelphia. It was called... I don't remember the name of the documentary. I think it might be uh, something about let let the fire burn. And it was about a group, a religious group called Move. And it was headed up by an African-American leader by the name of John Africa. And from the, from the beginning of the documentary, what we really see, I think it was like his son is the one who is uh, the main person in the documentary who's giving like a full history of this organization. And at the end of the day, when you look at it, it really was a cult because there's this charismatic leader who's like trying to guide members of his community. And it ended in tragedy. Like the, they, I think they were squatting in a home that had been abandoned in a part of Philadelphia that everyone was like freaking out and wondering like, why are these people here kind of thing. And to me, I looked at it and I thought they weren't really bothering anybody. Like if you're harming children, that's one thing. If the children are starving and they're going, (laughs) you know, your children are going hungry and they're being abused. That is one thing. Um, but they were really just like caring for each other. And, you know, of course, the city and the and the state basically intervened. And anyway, like I said, it ended in tragedy. But the thing that made me um, what made me think about this is the fact that, you know, like you were saying, Nisha, sometimes they're not necessarily a bad thing. They could be no. just smaller communities that are finding support from one another. And I felt like in that particular case, that was a perfect example. Live and let live, you know, leave people alone. If you want to have a community that supports one another, go ahead, do your thing, you know, but I just kind of feel like as long as you're not hurting anyone, yeah, as long as you're not hurting anyone, if you're not abusing another person, if you are not, um, you know, you're not, 
you're not an old man trying to marry a young child or there's like no abuse of, of kids or just trying to control and abuse women or right. just anyone at all, like any Nexium. person. And yeah, we, yes, exactly. exactly. Actually, ex Nexium is a most modern day cult that we have. And they were touched even Canada and the US. And there was some mm -hmm. really famous actors, actresses from Buffy the Vampire who was in that cult branding dudes names and initials in your bottom like come on you mm -hmm. see that's they were doing like, that with they were doing that with every member of the female members the that's only members, the, like female the, the female were, yeah female the one were branding homeboy's name into their and it it, their it was very cleverly areas. designed that's um, like but it human was a, that's human trafficking and slavery type of branding. That's but more bad. than that, they had they all had eating disorders because he kept telling yeah. them not to eat. He kept telling them to lose weight. And the, it, it wasn't what? only just him. It was his messaging was coming through the higher up female leaders. And there was a very kind of master slave um, yeah. kind of relationship between the top tier, you know, cult members and the the women entering into that scene and that i guess so, you know nisha you're so it's, it's really like a hierarchy yeah it was, always yeah always. But it's always okay. like that in cults but yeah. it's interesting that you that you mentioned that something always goes wrong because you're right at the beginning these so they they were really teaching um with next life coaching especially, yeah life coaching and how to like access like areas of your mind that you wouldn't tap into in order to like you know just even the whole if you think about it it's it's almost the same philosophy as like manifestation and visualization and like reaching your maximum potential and tapping into your you know inner self right so it's very appealing so like when you think about coaching and I think all of us have forayed into that right like I definitely have a coach that I speak to or that I a group of women actually that I that I connect with a community if you will three or four times a week about about self-development and and self-empowerment yeah. and all that it's the same thing but these people obviously paid you know a good amount of money to get into these classes and so a lot of them were already wealthy or came from the entertainment industry yeah. um and then once you're in, you're in, man. Once you're in, that's when that's when you get start. branded. Right. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And, and, you know, funnily enough, a lot of people would say in my high school years, I was in a cult. Um, and I had two people who sort of like protected me in my cult life. Um, but I wasn't in a cult. Well, I wouldn't consider it a cult. But when I was younger, so I don't know, most folks know that I'm Muslim. My dad is Muslim. And when I was younger, I joined the Nation of Islam. So for those folks uh, who are listening who don't know the Nation of Islam, the Nation of Islam is, uh, most people would describe it as a black militant version of Islam uh, under the leadership of uh, Louis Farrakhan at the moment. But what really attracted me to the nation, to be honest, uh, my cousin started the branch here in Montreal and the Nation of Islam was almost like the Black Panthers 2.0. And my grandfather mm. was in the Black Panthers. So when I was young, like 15, I had joined the Nation of Islam. I mean, I, I'm a very, you know, pro, pro my community. So for me, the Nation of Islam was perfect for my little 15 year old mind. But 
I had a mom who was like always watching them, always watching them, always, always. Like my mom was like, oh, you want my daughter? Okay, well, I come with the package. Mm. And, you know, I was in the nation for many, many moons and doing good work. I loved it. I mean, I had, you know, I wore my, I wore a head covering. I mean, to me, they were, they weren't incongruent with Islam. Uh, you know, we did a lot of things, good things for the community. And I had a, my cousin, the same one who had like recruited me in, so to speak, into the nation. And I have photos of this. Um, he called me up and I was in Toronto and he was like, yo, don't come to the mosque today. And I was like, well, I'm in Sorry, Toronto anyway. Hey, no one's talking to you. Watch. <laughs> and um, he's like, don't come to the mosque today. And I was like, okay. And I found out there was like a, a fight between the believers in the mosque because we had found out that. So the way the nation works is they give you um, a minister per mosque. Right. And that minister oversees your mosque. But I found out that minister had been sleeping with the young girls in the oh, mosque. No. Not, not the young girls. Oh, not like no. not the young girls, like the females of the mosque. The but sisters. people who were not his wife. <laughs> exactly. Okay. But the funny thing is, because everybody knew who my mom was, and if if viewers, if you ever meet my mom, you'll understand. And they also knew my cousin. So I was like the female who was untouched. There was only mm. a few of us. Like no one tried to groom me. No one talked to me because my mom was always there. Like nope, 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 nope. No, she's not going there. No, she's not going out of state. Nope, 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 nope. That's what I'm talking about. And my mom, because my mom was like, "It's down. We can. We're down. You can. You can go to the mosque." You can be part of the nation. She let me go to Chicago. I was at the Million Man March. Some big, epic Black movement events. But my cousin had to be there. Mm. It's my family, right? And my mom would go to all the nation events. because, And she went up to the minister and she told me, she said, Nish, that he's a man before he's a minister. I'll never forget when she told me that. Oh, and I so said, she why knew. She knew. She was on. She knew. And she would go up to him all the time and say, she says, you see that? That's mine. Don't talk to her inappropriately. My mom was like, <laughs> I always like, my mom is so aggressive to the minister. I love the my warden. Mom, I love my the mom warden. was like, nah. And, you know, the, but the thing is, we came out of that, all of us in the nation. We're still all connected. But I realized I didn't have the full experience because i was super protected by yeah. two people can when i tell I was in you the a, nation go ahead can i tell you a really funny story about the nation of islam <laughs> they were strong in montreal at one point <laughs> so as anyone who lives in ndg will have probably confronted a member of the nation of islam outside of vondo metro yes and yes. <laughs> Heavy Heavy. Yeah, they always want to present you with the uh, the final call final newspaper. Call. Yeah, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so there was my husband, who I've mentioned on the show before, Big D. He is a white man from Chicago, from the north, a northern suburb of Chicago. And when we were dating, we walked to the metro together, and and um, you know we were obviously a couple. And there was a Nation of Islam member that was standing in front of the entrance with, you know, who was handing out final call newspapers. And he just literally stood there. He saw us 
and he hid the papers behind his back and he just stared with a look of judgment and disapproval. Oh, God. (laughs) And so (laughs) my husband, boyfriend at the time, says to me, you know, I'm really offended that he didn't give me a final call newspaper. (laughs) Oh, my God. I love him. (laughs) And I was like, he didn't give you one. He didn't give me one. They always give me one. What's up with that? You know? Anyway, wow. I just thought that was pretty funny. But, you know, it, it's funny, you know, the nation gets a bad rap, but um, there's a lot of things that I took away from the nation. A lot of my community organization skills mm-hmm. come mm-hmm. straight out of the nation, right? Like, that's the part that attracted me. So what, that's why I watched the cult. I'm fascinated because what attracted me at 15 was I have, I come from a family that's very pro-community, you know, going mm-hmm. back from Black Panthers, Africville and stuff. and the nation had given me the tools to learn how to deal with my community. And so I was sifting between the good and the bad. Like I was like, blue eye devils, that's great for them, but I have things to do. So I was always (laughs) discerning. I was always discerning. And then, you know, I had a tower behind me watching if anybody was trying to abuse me. But when I think about today, a lot of my community beliefs, a lot of how I see the black community, how I see our people, a lot of that stems from the nation, how I organize, how I see things. Because Minister Farrakhan said something, he said, you know, black people have a sickness because we do some crazy things, but do you not take care of your people even when they're sick? You got to see past people's illness. And I remember that quote and I said to myself, yeah, I need to hold on to something because sometimes when you're doing community organizing, you're like, yo, what are you doing? And so I realized, yeah, maybe I was in a bit of a cult, but I liked it and I survived, which is horrible (laughs) to say, but I'm really fascinated with cults and they always come down to a leader. Yeah. It always comes. In my case, it was my cousin. I trusted my cousin, but I really, and I wasn't really like tripping over Minister Farrakhan. Please nobody like don't tap my wires or my phones and stuff. But for me, it was always my cousin's passion and he became a minister and i was always like you know this is somebody i trust i grew up with he's still in the nation today unfortunately my cousin passed uh two years ago yeah unfortunately but a devoutee to islam and another shout out today i have to give my 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 deep shout out to our brother george floyd who passed away two years ago today too it's very deep for me i feel it very deeply Uh, on those levels. And that's how I became like a really big community activist was because, so I had like, I don't know, some positive cult experiences, but it always doesn't turn out this way. Charismatic, charisma. I wonder if there's studies about charisma and mental health, because one thing all these cult leaders have in common, they're extremely charismatic and they need some therapy. Oh, my the two, God. Oh, most my narcissists God. do, right? Yeah. <laughs> they 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 are able to have this like very acute balance between hiding some of their mental health issues, but also yeah. being able to be attractive and funny and charming for you know their followers. Let's talk about Jim Motherfucking Jones. Not to be confused with the diplomat Jim Jones. <laughs> no. no, no, not the rapper. Ballin'. I like him. <laughs> Jim Jones is this character. So he, 
when I first watched the the documentary, I was like, this is a dude that was really cool. He's in the 60s. He's promoting racial equality. He said it like things aren't going to happen unless everybody comes. If you look at the footage of their congregations, they're interracial. Everything is chilling. Jim Jones is the first white couple with his wife to adopt a black child in the 60s. They're cool. I, yo, then the man wants to start doing crazy shit. He got, I don't know what happened. Jim Jones started coming in with new things, moving them to Guyana. And he started to get increasingly more delusional. It's like they couldn't keep their things in rap. And th that one affects me a lot because there's a lot of footage on it. And you mm -hmm. just see the bodies and the bodies. And this documentary I watch is actually from the point of view of Jim Jones' surviving son, uh, Jim Jones Jr. And he actually sent his wife back to Jonestown pregnant and not realizing he was sending his wife to her deathbed. Oh, no. Yeah. And I was like, you oh. actually hear the footage. So... My question was, how did we go from we are the world, love everybody, black and white, to I need to sleep with chicks and kill everybody? Like, I, th what I think the there's hell? a lot of I think there's a lot of similarities there between, you know, um, those types of leaders and people who become billionaires. You know, when you're really uh, inundated with power and authority and lots and lots of money, it gets to your head. And yeah. it magnifies the flaws in you that already existed. And it seems to me that the key thing here that Jim Jones did was he isolated his flock. He yeah. isolated them. He sent them to a place where there would be no political intervention or anything like that. And it seems like he just, you know, the power got to his head. He, he enjoyed the control he had over people. Um, and it, it, you know, it leads to abuse and it leads to, you know, treating people inappropriately. It's, it's, it's so sad. That one, I don't know why that one gets to me the most. There are others. Okay. Let's not even get into the last one I just finished was the family with Manson. Again, uh, another one that started off as free love, give your body freely. Everybody was having big orgies, chilling. And in the beginning, when you watch the beginning of the, your, the the documentary, you're like, yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Then Homeboy wants to be a star. He's in L.A. He gets rejected by a record producer. He starts killing them. <laughs> and like, but the worst part is, Oz, he has, he has like, the way the survivors described it was you should be free. And then he changed the message to, to think is to not be free. You should just be and listen. And I thought, how do you get people to go against their natural instincts and commit murders? The Tate LeBanca murders, they stabbed them a number of times. In my mind, like, is something, does something click off in your brain yeah. and you're just doing it? Because I've never been at the point where. I just do something because, right? Well, it, I think it, it's fascinating. A, there's a there's a there's a real parallel here between cult leaders, abusive partners. Um, oh yeah, you know, gaslighters. It, there's because and and even like gang leaders of gangs and mafia and mob. Like it's all very similar characteristics in that you know 
at first it's acceptance, it's love, it's unconditional, and then it's isolation. And then it's just a complete mind fuck, like you're saying, Nisha, a complete mind fuck, which really turns you into like, forget your morals, forget values, everything. It's almost like a reset. It's brainwashing. And that's exactly what I, it I have is. to agree with you. There is something about, there is that number one desire that humans have, which is to belong. It is the number one driving desire. And, you know, because, you know, for Manson, when, when he got arrested, yo, he had girls coming down to the jail singing, putting X's in their forehead. Yo, he's in jail. But it just goes to show that even the removal of the physical presence of the leader they still were has an still impact. following and i thought whoa i ain't killing nobody for nobody i don't care i ain't killing nobody but i think this is a huge problem with our society in general think about it we send our kids to college and you know give them this ideal of joining fraternities and sororities mm-hmm. and having mm-hmm. an acceptance or being a part of an alliance of some sort or, you know, and those even just at the very beginning, when you're becoming, you know, an adult as a young adult, you know, you're, you're taught that belonging to something brings value, your network, you know? And so look at the things that they do to get into those fraternities and so absolutely the hazing and i would say they're cult-like behavior it's absolutely yeah they definitely cult. are yeah definitely a cult you know i yeah. mean and and this is just ingrained in our society so where does that line get blurred right like when you're a part of something where you feel like the life coaching like nexium or even these multi-level marketing schemes and these companies that's very cult-like too if you're Mm -hmm. selling amway or whatever you know you're a part of vector knives yes right right (laughs) vector oh my god vector but you're right there is there is something about the manipulation of cult-like behaviors that round that run wild in our society Like whenever you join a company, right? Like I'm at a school that I love and I'm sitting here thinking, okay, what's the cult-like behaviors in in some of the things that I'm a part of, right? Because they have to buy you in, right? Uh You got to buy in. I love my school colors. I'm proud of my school. All of that could be deduced. It's an investment. Yeah. Down to like that. But I think cults take it to, they exploit that sense of belonging Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so let me tell you about another one that I know, Mar, you want me to swear to be the recovering Nisha. It fucking disgust me. It fucking disgust me. When I saw it, Jim Jones made me disgusted on a violence level, like the mass killing. But there's one cult, like, I was like, dude, you need to burn. I, you need to burn, burn, burn. So I'll tell you their name. I recently watched this one. They were called the Yahweh Nation. And I feel like I've read about them. African-American guy called the Yahweh bin Yahweh. Again, what did he do? He took black empowerment, elements from Islam, and and put them together to poof, to turn into, like, it's okay to be a pedophile. And it's okay to have, I was like, oh, Like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And the worst thing is they capitalize on the vulnerability of the state of Black people in the Black community at that time. 
He's not the only one. There's another one. They have a long name. Oh. It's called um, the Nubian Nation of Moors. And they took pedophilia to a whole new level where they actually moved out of New York, went down to Atlanta, created like Egypt land. And people who were born into the cult were actually being sexually abused by the leader. Like oh. it was, it was just, and the thing is the sexual abuse ones, those are the ones that bother me the most because sexual abuse is something that people live with forever, right? Unless they die. And, and yeah. so I think one of them, so by the way, just to follow up on Manson, Manson died of natural causes just recently. Wait, because he died? Cal- yeah, tw- 2017. Really? I'm telling you, you got to watch these cult shows. Huh. 2017 of natural causes. Rest in piss. Yeah. <laughs> natural causes on top of it because it the year Manson me. was. It's okay. Because the yeah. year um, the year he got convicted, California abolished their death penalty. So he mm. managed to skip out. And I was like, he got to live until his 80s. Like, how is that fair? But anyway, life is so unfair. and still I'm wasn't remorseful. He wasn't remorseful nope, at never. all. Not never. at all. At all. Never. So and listen, musician so listen gone to this. wrong. We talk about working out and stuff. And I feel like the yogi lifestyle is very much cult like in a sense. But I have a great example of this. I don't know if you guys have ever done Bikram yoga. Yes, I think I have. Yes, yes. So Bikram set up this whole like hot yoga with like, I don't know how many poses. It's a very ritualistic, if you will, um, Mm -hmm. yoga, whatever it's called, workout, whatever session. I don't know. Um, 90 minutes or I think 75 or 90 minutes of whatever. I used to do it fairly regularly. And then all of a sudden the shit came out how this guy Bikram was sexually abusing the the trainers and the people he was bringing into his um he would hold like these seminars or conferences to teach and certify yogi and yoga instructors to be bikram certified and he sexually abused so many of the female yoga instructors and he created this sense of like and this was one of those things where you you create a sense of oh here is this elite community you know you have to be certified directly from Bikram in order to to you know be able to teach this this special unique form of yoga and then boom look what happens sorry no that's my girl that's my girl I'm scared of her but that's my girl the hype girls. But you know what? I just want to say that there isn't just male cult leaders. There are female cult leaders. But female cult leaders are interesting as fuck. They don't do the sexual abuse. They just straight out fucking violent. Straight out Whoa. violent. So they're, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's one called Army of God. Again, what? Army Sounds of like God. <laughs> right? So in the beginning, they're cool. They're hippies just hippies chilling building utopian christian life and then one uh what was her name before lila lila green she you know she starts to get more militant and she starts getting on this family about disciplining their children then she gets a revelation from god that her name should be changed to deborah so Biblical reference for those people who don't know, Deborah was one of the judges. <laughs> she was a judge, in, yeah. She's a judge in the Old Testament. 
So now she starts to judge people and she starts judging families on how harsh they treat their children. She ends up oh, encouraging this lovely man who's very tender-hearted to beat his two sons to death. Oh my goodness. Yeah. To death? To what? death. They and I and they don't beat them in the normal places. They beat them in the groin. Oh, yeah. Oh my goodness. And and, yeah, I was like, so they're the female ones because she's not the only female cult leader. They tend to be violent um, as opposed to the males who want to be sexually gratified and like, oh, I'm a prophet. And then, but there is an exception. There's Heaven's Gate. Heaven's Gate is a more recent cult that I think all of us know about because we were about 19. With the, suicide, right? the the mass suicide. Side, because oh. they were going on a spaceship and all this oh. going to the new planet. They were actually celibates. They And they actually practice home castration. Wait, I'm not oh. I'm not familiar. I'm not familiar, not oh, familiar okay. with Heaven's Gate. So Ooh, Heaven's Gate are, one. they're special because they're the first ones to make a website. And so they're considered a cyber cult. And they, so what they believed, so there was two people, there were a couple, Doe and T, I, I don't, I don't want to, I don't know about their names, but Doe and T, they were a couple and they really believed, so they married Christianity with UFOs, which for folks who are listening is not out of the norm. If you watch Ancient Aliens, Ancient Aliens always questions um, some of the things that are in our world and whether they were built by aliens or not, like the pyramids and so forth. So this is not out of the norm, but they marry the belief of UFOs and Christianity and people come, they have a flock, but they don't want to engage in any deviant behavior, which I was like, okay, so I'm watching like, okay, so we got no sex, no violence. We're okay so far. So what's their issue? The problem was T, the wife dies. And they have this whole thing about letting go of attachments, but Doe is not able. And he starts to become more erratic. They make a website and they actually start recruiting. In his grief, he becomes even more erratic and Mm -hmm. starts telling the male members that, you know, are you having impure thoughts? And they're like, yeah, we are. And he's like, well, perhaps we should be castrated. And they turn them to eunuchs. Including himself. So whatever he did, oh. he did himself as well. Oh Eventually, God. the survivors said that they think he was so engulfed in grief that he told them the next. So there was a comet coming. Hale, comet was coming. And he told them that was their doorway to heaven. And uh, they all, they ate pudding. that was Kool-Aid. No, pudding. They, this time it was had, pudding. With applesauce, I think. They had yeah. applesauce with phenobarbital mixed in it which makes you go to sleep and this is 1997 mar so and 42 people they rented a mansion in southern california and 42 people were taken out of there in body bags wow yeah it was the biggest mass suicide on u.s ground land i'm telling you this but again it goes back to this question what like what are you thinking in those moments like is there not something in your brain that's saying, I don't want to drink this drink. I don't want to eat this pudding. Well, but- I think I think it speaks to the um, 
emotional and psychological health of the members who are worshiping these leaders, right? If you grow up in an environment where you're always talked down to and you are not raised with um, the ability or, or you're not raised to develop, um, you know, skills or, or the belief that you are a strong person, you're always yeah. going to see somebody else as your strength instead of you yourself. And I think that if you grow up with a very weak, you know, spiritual, psychological, emotional upbringing, and no one teaches you these things, you know, if you're, if you've been sheltered and you're not exposed to the flaws that humans, you know, exhibit from time to time, it's um it's hard it's hard if you're if you're not really that educated or don't really have the life experience to you know to be able to discern between someone who's hurting you someone who has the potential to hurt you and someone who really is an advocate for you without hurting you right so yeah i i think this is where the the issue comes in it's just you probably are and I'm not saying this in like a demeaning way, you probably are a weak person and you need to get stronger so that yeah, you will not sure. be hoodwinked into the sort of stuff. Cause there's no way, no way that you can convince me to drink some Kool-Aid with some cyanide in it. That's what there's I'm just saying. no way. Like, but listen, but- at that point, at that point, Mar, these people have already accepted that there is, you know, the aliens that are, that they that, that there's a higher life form out there, yeah. you know, like, yeah. and it gets to the point where he was telling them, we're just going to leave your physical body behind and we're all going somewhere together. And no, I know sir. it sounds crazy at that <laughs> point to us now, but that's already been years of brainwashing and yeah. a, with a bunch yeah. of people who probably didn't have, and they had isolated their friends and family at that point. Yeah. So normal was, was, was what was happening within those walls, you know? And that's, that's what I mean. Yeah. If if you have not been taught how to be a part of a community or have a community that doesn't, um, you know, impose any sort of violence or abuse on you, you're not going to be able to recognize those signs. And I think the signs are really telling as to whether you can trust somebody as a leader or not. I mean, and this is why I don't really place faith in leaders. Like I have a yeah. community of faith. I have a pastor. Um, you know, but I don't go around worshiping people. I will never, ever be the kind of person who's like committing myself to a political party or a political leader or even a community leader because we're human. We're flawed. We have brokenness in ourselves. Yeah. And until those things are addressed or we are comfortable accepting that we are broken people and we're working through our crap as we get older, it's going to be difficult to, you know... I, I just personally c- cannot fathom the idea of worshiping someone so much that I can't see myself getting out of the group or or saying yeah. no to act, um, acts that go against my my personal morals yeah. and beliefs, you know. But, but remember what me, I right? Yeah. Remember what I said, though. Another word for cult is sex. Right. Not sex. Sex. So, yeah, sex. So let's be honest, right? Like there are some positive groups out there that people would define as cults 
that aren't like, look at us. We've been friends forever. People would define we're a cult. We ride for each other. I don't care. I'm happy to there's be part of that cult. There's good and bad and everything. Yeah. Exactly. And there's some really cool uh, groups out there that people would maybe look at cults or jokes. But for example, let me give you something funny so we can lighten up the mood because nobody wants to talk about messy truths and cults and the crazy mm -hmm. shit these people did. But there's Pastafarians, right? So Pastafarians... <laughs> I shouldn't laugh. Pastafarians all started off with a joke. Uh, well, to my, from what my knowledge in reading is, the guy wanted to wear, what's that? To, is it called a, a scandal? Like where you, like you rinse out your pasta and he wanted to wear it in his license. Of course, a fucking Canadian. Like, what are we doing, Canadians? But anyways, <laughs> he goes to, the, to get his license. He wants to wear a pasta rinser on his head. And they're like, no. And he's like, this is my legitimate headwear. Wait, so he put the colander on colander, his head. Yeah, on his head in his picture. <laughs> and he said, I am a legitimate Pastafarian. And this sparks off Yo, shit. I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. I'm so so Pastafarians, <laughs> listen, as I make my kids research these religions all the time. So they believe in the flying spaghetti monster. And... <laughs> They believe in pirates and they have holidays like Pirate Day where yeah. you dress up as pirates. Yeah. They also National Pirate Day. National Pirate Day. They have a full like calendar, full website. And <laughs> yeah, they're Pastafarians living their they're best. They're taking life. the piss. They, they have a whole origin story. <laughs> when I asked my students to research this, one wrote back to me. It's like, miss, you can't be serious. I said, listen, just research it. And they're like, OMG, they have full beliefs, full costumes, deity, so forth. Uh, they they even have an image of the, you know, spaghetti flying monster and what they'll do to them. So that's just a fun fact. Another fun fact for you in terms of cults, you have people who are Sufis. I'm a Sufi. So Sufis are people who are part of Islam, but they're a little bit on the mystical side. They, some people know them as twirling dervish, you know, dancers in Turkey. But a lot of people would think they're a cult because they don't fall into mainstream Islam. For me, I just like it because you get to dance it out and spin it out. But I also like it because it's not as, okay, I shouldn't say restrictive, but I don't like a lot of boundaries. And I, but I still want to practice. So I find like being a Sufi is a lot more, it's, I'm a lot more mystical than most folks. I like to see isn't, things. Isn't that also related to, you know, those books of poetry, Rumi? Rumi, isn't, yeah. That's Sufism yeah. as well, right? Yeah, I love exactly. that poetry, by the way. I think it's just magnificent. But I anyway. love it too. But I find like, uh, you know, as I was on a religious journey, I realized that the reason I can't be in a cult too long is because I get tired. I get bored. <laughs> I want to do something new. I get bored. So I'm like, nah, I have commitment problems when it comes to organized religion. I, I get, I'm like, I have to do this again? Really? Guys, you know what? I'm so not religious. And I mean, you guys know that already. I do believe in God, but I mean, I, I was raised, I don't want to say Muslim, because we definitely have the Muslim beliefs, but clearly I am not very Muslim, if you will. It's more but Iranian culture. Yeah, it's yeah. Iranian culture that Persian is culture, yeah. with some Islamic stuff. But, you know, I was reading about who is susceptible to cults. And 
it seems to be people who are going through a really hard time in their lives that, you know, they're vulnerable at the time that they're joining these cults and that they, um, or or that they want to better themselves professionally or personally. And it could be, you know, that all of those things are intersecting at the same time. Mm -hmm. But I remember specifically when my mom was really sick and she was dying that I was like, well, the way that I'm praying, this is very deep, by the way, so just putting it out there. The way that I'm praying is not really working. Maybe I should start praying to Jesus. No joke. This is something that like, I was like, maybe I should go to church and convert because my God is clearly not listening to me. And I think that that was a really like vulnerable moment in my life where I considered, you know, what, why is this, you know, this almighty God that I've believed in and I was raised to believe in. And by the way, I've been praying in <laughs> in Arabic since I was very little and I have no idea what I'm saying. So think about mm. how crazy that is. I will recite prayers that my mom or my grandma or my grandfather taught me and I don't even know what I'm saying, but I know when to recite what prayer. I mean, that's how foreign it is to me because I don't even speak mm-hmm. Arabic. I speak Farsi. All that to say, like, I had a moment where I was like, what could I do? What could I believe in that will change, you know, this tragic thing that's happening in my life? And I say all that to say that that could have been me. Now, I'm not saying that I would have gone to the extreme of, you know, having applesauce that was laced with some poison, but that could have been me. And it could be any any of us and all of us. And so it's really hard. And there are there is like you know, there are therapists for cult recovery. There's a lot of people who get affected by this and it's wild. Yeah. But I am considering converting now again today, guys. But this time (laughs) we want to know to what to the Baha'i religion. I'm with it. I I love them. They are just I mean, it's all about the good of humanity and getting rid of racial and uh, class yeah. and you know like all of the prejudices like they just and they give back bro they give back it's a beautiful yeah. religion and so yeah I'm just considering it guys just wanted to throw that I'm with there. it I love Baha'i shout out to the Baha'is when I was younger I actually um, I was interning at a community newspaper and um, one of my one of my first articles I had to write was um, I was sent to an event. It was actually honoring a former principal of your high school, Nisha. And uh, as it turns out, he was a, I don't know if he was a member, but I'm assuming he was because there was kind of like the Baha'i faith community was actually um, there, uh, there and supporting him because he was receiving an award. And I think it was because he had given back to the community and it was part of his whole like ethos, you know, um, to, to, to give. And so that was my first time encountering the Baha'i faith. And I looked at it and I was like, wow, this is actually pretty good. Um, They're very cool. They're very cool. cool. They're very cool. Not Uh, for me, but just saying I wasn't intimidated by them. It was actually pretty cool learning about them and understanding about their community. So as you can imagine, is Baha'i? No, go ahead. Well, when I was growing up, and I remember I couldn't see him for a month out of the year because he was always somewhere, India, Pakistan, Mm. Africa, a month of service. 
just a month of service wow. every year. And I thought, and that was my first, you know, actual encounter with somebody. And, and that's what I saw. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. it was yeah. So uh, this is totally in my element for, I love the religious stuff. That's just, I get excited. But Baha'is are very exciting. I, I love their, I love, and it's a very easy transition because of their, uh, their origin in Iran and stuff. Mm -hmm. The only thing that I was like, nah, I, I guess I rejected it. I was like, I don't believe in the modern day prophets. And wow. the Baha'is have that, right? And I, mm. not that I don't believe them. I'm always skeptical of anyone who's calling themselves a prophet these days. I'm like, eh, I don't know. I have to check you out a bit. Um, but I've had a long religious, you know, spiritual journey. I grew up in two faiths my whole entire life. You know, yeah. my mom is a Baptist Christian. My dad is a Sunni Muslim. And I have family who are smiley, which also people would consider a cult or a sect because cult and sect are interchangeable. So Ismailis are, they're different. They're also Shiites, but they're, they're different. They do things very different. And I remember, you know, for a long time, I've been going to church and mosque a long time. And then eventually I was like, okay, God, we need to sit down and do some fasting because I need to figure out some things. <laughs> and I realized that in every branch of religion, there's some folks who just take things to a whole new level. And that's where the cults come from. Like Christianity, we have the branch Davidians. You know, we have the- You have the, evangelical the, pastors who believe yeah. that it is their right to have a private jet. Oh, you know? that's, yeah, that, that's a whole <laughs> other episode of when, mean, when pastors take too much money. Yeah, you have you also have a, a you know a former political leader who still has people who are writing for him and claiming that the US election results are not that's real. A cult. That is that's a, a cult. That is a cult. Trumpism is a cult. Yeah. But all that to say that I, I really I think you're right, Oz. People are always looking and yeah, if you're not careful at that time of your highest vulnerability and you're not careful what you're filtering in, it could be detrimental. Yeah. Yeah. It could be disastrous. Cause I think about it. Like when I was joining the nation, I was looking for something that would, you know, so I'm mixed race and I, that was my vulnerability. I was looking mm -hmm. to prove how black I was. That was my vulnerability point, right? Even though I had a black mom, I was raised by my black mom. There were people who still looked at me and, and questioned my blackness. That was the vulnerability. And I don't think I've had that vulnerability again, because now I'm like, oh, you don't think I'm black? That's good for you. I'm still riding and dying for my community. Go do what you got to do. Wait, who doesn't think you're black? There's a lot of people who don't think I'm black. In the nation oh of Islam? God. Uh, in the world. Yeah, people see, especially since I shaved my head, people see me and they're like, you look more Indian. I'm like, that's good for you. Go do I, think, I say they I need a conversation with the warden. Oh, uh, listen. Nothing. Why do I, why does it matter what you think I look like? Yeah, first of all, it's none of your what is business. This commentary, <laughs> like I don't even understand how in 2022 people are even saying things like this anymore. Like you should be, you'd be surprised so far already. Like just shut the fuck up. How about that? Yeah. Just shut the fuck up. Well, shut the fuck up. I actually have a friend <laughs> that who is part of a cult that I'm really good friends with, super good friends with. And I remember when she first told me about 
their variation of Christianity, I was like, this is a little bit scary to me. <laughs> but have some Kool-Aid. No, but we've actually gone to I've actually gone to their church. You know, I'm like, because you know, I'm like checking out for my friend. I need her to have some yeah. lifelines in the outside side. Trying world. to watch out for her. Yeah. But you know, it's cool. They've been part of it for a very long time. You know, uh, she has a family raised. So I'm like, okay. So that was actually my first positive introduction to smaller Christian sects. Because I was mm-hmm. like, this is wild. Like, they don't wear pants. Um, they don't do interracial marriages. Um, I don't wear pants either since darn. the pandemic. I can't catch a break. <laughs> first the nation of Islam and now this. Come well, on, it's, man. It's, it's very Jeez. interesting to me, their interpretation of things. But I have to say there she maintains um relationships with the outside world so i'm always like okay okay no no we've been friends for (laughs) yeah but all that to say i don't think i don't think cults are bad i think people are bad i think you're right bad bad things People, People yeah, they are in organized religion, in positions of leadership, as, as business, CEOs, politics. Yeah, you know, people as are broken. People, as Tesla owners, you know, the whole fucking. <laughs> they need fixing. But then I thought uh, something I was thinking about, and like, who's to say we're not in a big cult? We're not in the biggest cult in the world, which is this society. Yeah. You know, we buy into the value system. We buy into the shit. Like now we're starting to question things. But who's to say that we haven't been in the biggest bamboozlement of our lives, which I would call white supremacy. So who's to say that we haven't been in this big ass cult for years and years and years. And we're now starting to recover and things are starting to fall apart. Mm -hmm. Right. It's Mm -hmm. uh, I just know that for me, I think I'm a little bit I have a little bit of a shield. Because I don't like to do things. And I don't like to join things. I'm always like, mm, I need some freedom. Oh, I can come yeah. when I want? Okay. Okay. I'll come. But the moment you start obligating me, ah, yeah. there's a part of me that I'm like, mm, I'm not interested. I am very much like you. Do not tell me I have to do something. You need to explain to me what it is that you want me to do and why it will be beneficial for each of us. You know, who am I helping? Am I helping you or am I helping a greater community? You know, I think getting down to those details helps me understand things better. But it's when you get into that very fundamentalist, like, thou shall not do this and thou shall not do that. And it's like, this is why I really like I'm saying this from a a person who, you know, identifies as a Christian, why I think like, you know, the New Testament is great because it it's not throwing out all of the old, but it's creating a new way of thinking, a new way of looking at things. You know, it's not all about these laws and all this, you know, doctrination. It's more about Love what your neighbor kind as of you relationships? Love yes. Who do you yeah. love? Love your love your neighbors. Love your families. Love people who are unlovable. It's really exactly. difficult to do that, but we're all entitled to love, and that's you know. And that's don't, something don't tell I can me do. to drink no Kool Aid, bro. Uh, it's not no, happening. Or give my body freely. <laughs> no, no, no. You my know, body think, is my body. My whole thing is I have such um a like 
resistance to elitism, if you will. I mm. can't stand the idea of elitism. And because of that, like these groups where it's like, oh, you you can't sit with us unless you're da da da, da. that idea of belonging is just such a turnoff for me that I think this was also one of the the issues that I have with the music industry. Like there is such a sense yeah. of elitism in the entertainment world. And I hate that so much. It's one of those things that I constantly speak to my kids about. Like nobody is better it. than the next person, you know, like yeah. and that idea of having to be like somebody else to be accepted just dead that shit off the bat like that's just a recipe for disaster i think the three of us are just rebellious i think that's just what it is we're just <laughs> my like... uh the pastor of my community of faith he always says something really really helpful um to new members who come to church on sundays and he always says this is a place where you can belong before you believe you don't mm. have to measure up to a certain level or be of a certain persuasion or reach the certain um, you know, that elitism you're talking about, Oz, you don't you don't need to be there in order to believe and be part of a community. You can get help. You can talk to us. This is not an elite club. You know what I mean? And I yeah. really appreciate that. Um, Actually, I've had some yeah. really good times at your church. But again, yeah, to me, it's the whole, oh, I have to go every Sunday. I'm so bad at this. <laughs> I'm because you, you don't know have it, to go every Sunday. You don't. I think you know what it is. The fact that I, Monday to Friday, I'm obligated to my school. I think that's the only cult in the business that I'm like, okay, I have to go, right? But yeah. everything else, I realize there's a lot of work that I value freedom the most. Mm. And freedom to worship, freedom to to build my own relationship with my own deity in my own way. It's a maximum value for me. And I didn't know this for a long time because... You know, I've gone through, I mean, I love church. I love going to church. I hate singing. Oh, God, I hate singing. <laughs> I hate, but I love singing outside of church. So I was yeah. trying to think, I was like, yo, God, what are you doing? Like, how how come I'm so weird like this? And that makes you open to cults, right? Because you're like, well, you know, if you come with us, then we'll let you not sing. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> you don't have okay. But yeah. th th these are the things, like, I, I'm a very... And I say this respectfully to myself, I'm a deviant thinker. I think very differently than a lot of people in the religious realm. And so I had to find something that allowed me to be super free and super worshiping. And the two are incongruent. And a lot of people don't realize that. Like I, I, I admire Mar and her husband so much in their commitment to Christ. I admire my husband's commitment, like homeboy, be out there. Uh, don't don't admire us too much because no, we, no. we got some problems over. <laughs> no, but I mean, I admire some of my friends who are like I would consider super devoutee. I admire, but I realize I'm super devoutee in my own way, and I can't be any other way. That's why I'm not yeah. cult worthy. So if you come in for me, cults. I'm not the one because I'm yeah. just rebellious. I can't I follow what one. you want. Believe, no, we believe, won't let sir, you. <laughs> your beliefs are really between you and whatever higher yeah. power it is that you choose, you know, and this is why I'm I'm like you, Nisha. I'm an introvert there. I just I don't want to be around people 
sometimes. <laughs> and there and there are times where I'm just like, I don't really want, I don't feel like going to church. Thank God for the pandemic, because during the pandemic, there was live streaming. Do you know how awesome that is for an introvert? It's great. Oh, I you don't have to be around anybody. You can just turn on your laptop or your computer and just watch a service or sermons and, and not and just go to on shower Sunday. And- you can go any day of the week. You can see this any day of the week. It's great. And you don't have to do small talk you know, with people. It's wonderful. I'm, I'm making, you're making me wonder, Mar, if I'm a religious introvert. I only like to be with me and God. I'm like, nah, I don't want to be I, with anybody. I am a religious introvert. That is exactly I might be too. I, I might be too. Because I just, I don't want to talk to people. This is why I won't work in a cult either, unless I'm a nun. <laughs> like, I don't want to talk to people. I just want to be like, I just want to figure things out, have my own conversations, have my, you know, this is have what I really intimacy. enjoy. Intimacy, intimacy yeah. with your God. Yeah. But this is why I like that, Sufism. On that subject, let's get to some of the other um, top cults that. Yeah, oh, God. That okay, 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 okay. <laughs> I thought we were trying to go in a positive direction. You're bringing us oh, right back into the cult. Right back in there. Sorry, okay. but I'm so really fascinated. Way, I'm learning. I'm learning. Oh, what not to okay. do? So, by the <laughs> way, there are still active cults that exist, and one of them is someone a cult we all know. I don't know if I would call them a cult, but anyways, this Church of Scientology is considered oh. a cult. Is and it really it, considered a cult? Yeah, it's considered a cult. And it's very, very active. Um, by the way, there's something about California. They have the most active cults um, in the United States. I don't know what that's about. It's the association uh, with the actors and actresses of that community. That's what it is. And it's also mm-hmm. a nice financial arm to support their organization. Their cult stuff. Yeah. That's true. So we know the People's Temple. That was with Jim Jones, which mm-hmm. that dude... Like, I hope you're in hell. I'm sorry, but I, I just do. want to point out that I have some good Scientology friends. I do. I have some really good yeah. friends in my life that are Scientologists and people who I admire and I love that are Scientologists. And I guess that yep. just means you can really separate people from their beliefs. As long as they don't, uh, you know. Yeah, that's what we said. There's good and bad and everything, right? Exactly. There are actively over 3,000 cults right now. Mm-hmm. You uh, can have really of, amazing people involved in those cults. They're good absolutely. people. Yeah. yeah. So there, there was one um, called the Tony Almado Ministries. And this was a couple. Tony and Susan, they founded a Christian cult that, again, starts out great. They want to have a better society. And then someone, something happens. And in this case, Susan dies of cancer. And Tony told all his believers that she's coming back, but she doesn't. And so Tony, in grief, narcissism, mental health, starts to take multiple child brides. Oh, no. Yeah, this doesn't end up well. Uh, Female cult, word of life. So it actually starts out with jerry irwin but he passes and his daughter tiffany takes over and she too remember i told you the female cult leaders they like to do some violence and it also ends up in the death of a teenager oh no i know uh let's see let's go to season two because i'm in season two now of my cult show (laughs) uh oh i'm just about to watch the sinful messiah 
I'm not even ready for this. Let's talk about a cult that still exists today and has not been fully accountable for their crimes. They're called Children of God. Today, oh, they yes. would be called the Family Ministries, and they were under um, David Berg. And mm -hmm. it's all about free love and we are the world and turns into these totally fucking ridiculous kid prison camps. So what happened in Children of God, it starts off like we are the world or commune. We live together. People start bringing their children. That's another target, right? Single mothers, a big yeah. target for cults, right? Because they can problematic help take care kids. of your children. Teens, right. teens for Christ was their original name. Yeah. And then it became Children of God. Now it's called the International Family. They would take their passports. They would, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like it detach you from your parents. Like parents, you don't, you know, your children don't belong to you, vice versa. But then the kids would be sent to these camps. Children of God was massive. This was a massive cult. They were in Japan the Philippines, um, the United States, all over and they and Thailand, and they would send them and they would teach, they would discipline those children. Like they would be fasting for hours, isolation for 23 hours, mm. and to and they were made to confess over and over and over. The thing that killed me was, yo, they still exist. People are still following them today. I was like, and this Yo. is across mostly Asian countries. Guys, yes. no, not necessarily. Listen, River Phoenix, Joaquin Phoenix, yes. and Rain Phoenix were part of the group. Oh, and River they Phoenix left. actually, and he told Details Magazine in November in 1991 before he died, they're ruining people's lives. Like, basically. Yeah. He did an overdose because he couldn't cope. And he left. His parents joined originally. He left. And whatever he like, apparently he was having age at the age, having sex at the age of four. Oh, because they the message was sex. sex is not sinful. And but my question, I was thinking, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm going to say this. Like, how does a four year old can an a four year old get an erection? I was like, yeah, they can. Like, but uh, the, but the point, I mean, the, they actually used sex in order to recruit a lot of people. Yeah. Too. So they would so, pimp out the girls. They pimp out. But actually, Children of God ends up really crazy because um, one of the members actually ends up killing uh, because of his abuse. And then Phoenix River or River Phoenix actually dies of an overdose because of, you know, well, they allotted to what happened. Yeah. Yeah. And they're and still in existence today? Yes. Ooh, yeah, and Berg was college. actually Berg was actually accused of sexually abusing his own daughters and granddaughters. Yeah. Oh. So the one I'm going to watch, there's three more that I'm going to watch after we finish today. One is called The Sinful Messiah. I I have no idea what's going to happen in this one. Uh -uh. The Movement of God and The Word of Faith. So we're wow. going to see what happens. But my my thing is, I get so mad at these things because I'm like, people genuinely come because they're genuinely searching. They're seeking, yeah. Yeah, they're genuinely seeking. And my heart goes out because I'm thinking, like, these are folks that really just were desperate to belong to believe in something. Mm -hmm. And somebody who's also probably 
pretty much mentally ill, but is passing like a sociopath. Yeah. Like literally steals their life, steals it, you know, and it, you know, this all boils down to is the cult bad? It's not. This is about mental health and how if we continue not to make it visible, these are the things that happen. A lot of these stem from mental health issues. You know, they, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? They camouflage themselves as normal mm -hmm. folks wanting to do the right thing. And when yeah. you really go beyond that, these are like, look at Ted Bundy. These are people who functioned in the world you would have never known. And they're hiding. They're like mm -hmm. little predators and people who are willing and open, you know, who have big lights, who are vulnerable. Like I listen to these parents talk about their children. These are people who just want to make the world a better place, become prey to folks that I'm like, yeah. I don't but know. But you know what the scariest part of it all is, Nisha, is that there's no cure or treatment no. for sociopaths or psychopaths. There's none. No. And that's the scariest part. It's almost like the devil amongst us in these people and like the the just atrocities that they're capable of. It's just committing, yeah. What do you do? And I don't think locking him up is enough, to be honest. I know. So I don't even know. What are the biggest signs that we need to look for with regard oh, to okay, let me joining see. these things? How do we like not drink the Kool-Aid? How do we know it, it's time to get out or just not even follow this person? Okay, I mean, let's see. I, I, so I it says we have that to the, go with our gut, no? And also says if the group is focused on a living leader who dis who is requiring uh, unquestioning commitment. Yeah. And Instead of saying, doubt, yeah. Instead of saying, hey, you know what? If I can't help you, go to God. Have a direct conversation with, with him or whatever, you know? So here's some yeah. interesting characteristics of a cult member. They usually are well-educated, but have a weak spiritual background, have fi high financial success, but sometimes can be younger and have few time constraints, right? So they got no family. And so there's something there about like, they have time and they're young and they're successful. And then there's something called seven signs that you're in a cult. Oh gosh. So there's opposing critical thinking, uh -huh. which, mm -hmm. yeah, see, I'd be out. I'd be out. I'd be like, mm. it's a good sign. Yep. Yeah. Mm. I'd be like, mm, okay, we got to go. Yeah. Isolating members and penalizing them for leaving. Mm -hmm. Wow. I have my mother. We're good. So if you can't let me see her, <laughs> she's coming. Okay. Uh, emphasizing special doctrines outside of scriptures. That's the weak spiritual background, right? So if you don't know, and then you're not questioning. Uh, dishonoring the family unit. Mm. Yeah, wow. See, Ozzy, you'd be good. Because the moment they tell you you can't see your animals and your kids, you'd be like, fuck I'm that. Out. But yeah. there's other things to look out for, too. Like, are you, like, something called othering? Where yeah. are your friends, like, different than you? And has that changed over time? Like, do you start feeling different from the people who used to be, you used to be the closest to? And like, you know, if someone asks you a question about this group, 
are you being evasive and do you feel awkward answering it? Like, yeah, that mm. might be a sign that, hey, there's something's wrong if I don't feel comfortable even talking about it. And then yeah. cognitive dissonance. This is a big one. If shit that you're hearing doesn't really line up with what you believe to be true and you're like, oh, no, maybe I should look at it this way. No, don't look at it that way. Run, yeah. bitch, run. Get your shit <laughs> run, and go. Bitch, run. <laughs> yeah. That could be in a relationship. You could be with a oh toxic boyfriend or girlfriend who's gaslighting Same you and shit. saying, no, 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 no. Yeah, that's not right. we got to go. Same shit. When I tell go. you this, this is what it is. It's like, no, I'm you gotta go. pretty you gotta sure go. that's not what it is. The right. question is, how do you get out? And I would say, please maintain one person on the outside. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, yeah. and you can, I, when I was listening to the survivors, they were saying like, their number one concern was like they were told they wouldn't survive on the mm. outside. You know, or, that's or what they to were church. told. Go to Mars Church. You'll belong even before you have to. You before you believe. Yeah. Before you believe. Exactly. Just go. And Just you're go allowed somewhere. to maintain friends outside. It's not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're not going to the, iso- the isolation part, I think, is big for me. When you try to isolate yeah. me and cut me off, I already isolate myself as an person. I don't need anybody to help me isolate <laughs> anymore. I have a select group of people that I like mm-hmm. in my life and I'd like to keep it that way. I'm open to yep. new relationships, but bam. Yeah. You got to earn that role. That means Oz that we are in the cult of Mar. We because are <laughs> we are in the cult of Mar because we are in that selective group. I hope We're still here. Mm-hmm. I'm not isolating yeah. anyone. No, I love so animals 20... and children and people. Oh my god, yeah. we're we're twenty years deep in that cult. Twenty, <laughs> great. But all jokes aside, I think at the end of the day, just believe that you know you have a place to belong, and belonging shouldn't be painful or yeah. sexual or judgmental. Or taking all your money, yeah, you know, no. and 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 cults don't have to be religious, like Oz is mentioning, right? There's that self development. There are people mm-hmm. who get you know yoga cults. Uh, you know, they're like, we haven't even started on East Asian sort of cults, you know, in India following gurus and, and things like that. So, you know, like anytime you're obsessing or no, just take a moment, take a moment. Mm-hmm. And not that we're called experts. I like the religious knowledge. But to me, I think the number one thing you can do for yourself is think for yourself. And trust me, right. your brain yeah. will, all, your gut will always tell you what's got yeah. happening. That's why I really like that song, Cult of Personality from Living Color. Yes. yes. Oh, my God. The lyrics see. just but say it all. Honestly, you know? though, if there was a Jodeci cult, I would join. I just want you to know. <laughs> oh, You'd be the leader. No You'd be the leader. Yes. But my God. Part of the this is such cult. a good idea. There you Does go. that mean I'm in a Jill Scott cult? Oh, you, you are, are you Scott. are the cult leader of the Jill Scott <laughs> cult. Ah, okay. You are That's the leader. That's true. It is a commitment. It is a commitment Such that I don't break. Yeah, that you is a commitment. You isolate other gonna... artists. You get rid of Erica That's so Badu true. for Seriously? so many years. My goodness. That's you. true. Right. It's true. Right. But I don't encourage other people to get rid of them. I just <laughs> do it yourself. Yeah, All right, actually, guys. This has been this has been messy. So I love it. 
Yeah. Thank you for joining us as always. And please share with your friends if you enjoyed this episode or any of our other episodes and drop us a little comment. Show us some love on IG, you know, give us some reviews and rate our show on Apple, on Spotify. We really appreciate all the feedback. That Absolutely. You get right now. Until next time, folks. Woo-hoo. Don't drink the Kool-Aid. Don't do it. Don't do it. Be free. Be free. Peace, y'all. Peace. Peace.